This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Giannis Janais. This is our preview episode of Fulham versus Everton. And uh, Giannis, we got a lot to talk about. This is going to be a shortened show as we normally do with our preview shows. And uh, unfortunately, we were trying to get a guest to join us, Richard Buxton, but we were having some technical difficulties. That was for the delay, the reason why we were not going off right from the get-go. So we were trying to get Richard's Mike to uh, hook up with us, but, you know, technical problems, it happens. But you know what? The show must go on, my friend. And, Mr. Janais, it's been a while, so it'll just be you and me. We're going to talk about this match, and uh, I look forward to uh, talking about the upcoming. It's a huge match on Sunday. Yeah, it is. It, it, uh, wouldn't it be – I think we've we've won at Goodison Park twice since 1948, and one, one of them was an FA Cup game on Valentine's <laughs> Day. So we've got our next two games. Last time we won at Goodison was 59. And uh, last time we won at Burnley, I think, was 51. Yep. Um, so it would be really nice to get a, a win on, on Sunday. I mean, it's, how many more good performances can you put in without finally getting three points? I thought right. wet, wet spam, we were finally going to get a win. And it wasn't to be. But um, the news that Calvert-Lewin's going to be out on Sunday helps us out, I think, big time. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, they're still a very good side and they're well-coached and well-drilled. I'm looking forward to an entertaining game on Sunday. I am too, and it's funny because um, the reverse fixture, we we saw exactly what I saw at the beginning of the season from Everton. And let's just talk about Everton just in general terms because uh, it's a team that's impressed me. But what's interesting, when looking back at the match and looking back at Everton – Maybe I'm wrong on this because I don't watch them each and every week, but I think that they have their times when they look dominant. But I think that they also have their times where potentially they can be had, Giannis. Well, what are your thoughts about them in general? Because they do look impressive at times, but then other times I'm thinking, okay, they can be beat. Yeah, they're a topsy-turvy team, but they've got a lot of talent. I mean, they, they uh, the start of the season, they were all going all guns blazing. Calvert-Lewin was scoring goals for fun. Um, they lost. They had to, you know, Rodriguez has been in and out of the line up through injury. They lost Lucas Dina 
the captain for a little while through injury, and that was a huge loss. He's, he's such a good player. I still find it incredible to think that he couldn't make it with PSG or Barcelona. Yeah, because he, he's he's a he's a quality quality defender, and in that first game at the cottage, he really burned us a couple of times on the left hand side. Yep. And on the other side, but then remember, we weren't settled at the back then. Um, we weren't. And on the other side, Alex Awobi, of all people, was at a, a, a super game against us. But that now we've got Robinson in there, and and, and if they're going to, you know, if, if Scotty decides to put um, uh, Kenny Kenny Tete at the back there, I think you know Dini's a very good player, but. I yep. think if we take that out, um, then we just have to worry about Richarlison, who's playing well. Um, yep. As I said, they've got quality all over the place. But if we, it's that maintaining our discipline. In the first game, we didn't. We lost 3-2, but we could have considered a lot more goals. So. But I'm looking forward to it. It should be, should be, should be a fun game. Okay. And that's going to lead me just to really focus a little bit more on this because I want to get your thoughts. You've already shared a little bit. What can we learn from the first match and say, you know what? Fulham can do this against this team or they can't do this against Everton. You know, we'll talk about strategy, what you think Scott Parker should do against this Everton side in the second half of this episode. But just look, looking back at it, like you said, they got off to this very good start. And, uh, you know, I, I want to give the guys from Fulhamish credit. They talked about the uh, fast start that they had the first time. Obviously, that's something that you don't want to happen again against Everton. But yeah. But the second half was different for Fulham. So what can we learn from that first match? Well, that first game, we were all, I think we were all over the place defensively. I mean, we'd, you know, we'd conceded three to three Arsenal, four four Leeds, three to Villa. And we were shipping for fun. And it was at that time we were starting to bet in, bet in new players. The thing about them is they're very, very good counter-attacking side. They've got a lot of speed. They're fairly organized at the back. Um, they're just a very good professional team. But as you said at the start of the show, it's a jack- they, they can be a Jekyll and Hyde team. Yeah. I mean, it was a couple of weeks ago they lost a home to Newcastle, and I'm still scratching my head at that one. So they've got the ability. And yet they, in the week, you know, the, the FA Cup game 5-4, I mean, it's not, it's the sort of game that the neutrals love to watch. But both, you know, Ancelotti and Mourinho would have been, you know, pulling their hair out, what's left of it. So, you know, it, it's great for a neutral, but it's not great for us as coaches to watch nine goal nine goal games. Right. Especially going to extra time because on heavy surfaces and it's wet and cold, you get the sort of injuries that Calvert-Lewin picked up. Um, I think we're going to have to be a lot more aware and try and keep uh, and, and try and keep patient and keep our defensive shape. In that game against Everton, we were, the first game we were very open. And I think we've become a lot tighter defensively, which is good. I mean, if you look back to the game against the Spammers last week, we really gave them, we really gave them nothing. We really did. And it, when, you know, when their supports are going well, you know, you deserve to win. You're the better side. Even, even when Moyes, it can be a miserable SOB, yep. says you were the better side. I think that says it. So keep that shape, but be mindful of their break because Rodriguez um, is going to be fit tomorrow. Keane's yes. going to be fit tomorrow. Without Calvert-Lewin, they've still, you know, they've still got enough weapons up front. To, um, they do. And we have to be careful. But I think the key to us, our game tomorrow will be the fullbacks uh, and how Robinson and Tete can handle um, it will be and Dean is Dean is runs and crosses. That's the other thing. He's crosses, and if we can cut that out, I think we've got a decent chance of, of, of getting something up there. Okay, excellent. All right, let's talk a little bit about Carlo Ancelotti. I, w- I want to get your thoughts on him. You know, again, he's been in charge of Everton now for a little bit, and uh, I thought this was quite the uh, 
deal for Everton to get him. He's a world-class manager. What are your thoughts about him and what he's done so far at Everton, Giannis? Well, if you look down at the, the list of Chelsea managers that have been sacked since uh, <laughs> Abramovich came in, you know, and, you, and you've got some fantastic man, just, just all the, top to bottom. Yeah. And Ancelotti was the one sacking that I still, as a neutral, grates me more than any other because he just won the Premier League. They were an outstanding team. And then they have a little run of results and he just decides to fire him. I mean, the contempt... Um, the contempt, the contempt for Chelsea that we fans have yep. goes a lot deeper than your typical local rivalry. It's a lot has to do with their ownership, because they were to me they were a nothing club before Bramovich came in, and he bought, he just bought all his trillions in and did all what he needed to do. But it, I mean, this guy is so ruthless that you take someone like Lampard who who, sh- who shouldn't have been hired in my opinion in the first place. They go on a, a difficult run and he and he fires him, and. I think, you know, you don't become a bad coach overnight. Ancelotti, whether it's been, you know, in Germany or whether it's been with Italy or there was Chelsea Everton, I thought that was a huge coup to get him. And he's very quietly built up the squad. And Everton have got, unfortunately, a reputation of not buying the cast-offs, but if Liverpool get A, Everton will get A1 or B. So picking up players like, uh, not so much Dini, because he's really, really blossomed at Goodison Park, but picking up... um, um, someone like James Rodriguez, I thought was a really big coup. It was right. sending a message. And if you look at this squad, this strongest lineup, they're a match for anybody in the country, in my opinion. And yeah. they're entertaining. And that's the other thing. They're the very fun, entertaining. They're fun to watch. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, and, you know, you can't, you know, they're, they're a, I call a proper football club. Um, the Jekyll and Hyde thing, I think, will disappear by next year. A couple of signings, depending on what happens with this pandemic. To give him a little bit of depth, um, possibly another striker, possibly you know Sigurdsson. Where's his shelf life? How much longer does he have? Yep. But I think that um, I don't think they're far off. To be honest, it's just they've got a, you know, you've got the teams at the bottom and the middle that you should beat. They tend to compete really well against the top teams, but against teams, I mean Newcastle. Let's be honest. And Callum Wilson's injured now, so we'll see I what think, happens there. Yeah, I know. I think that's yeah. going to really affect them. Then yeah. you know. But they're, they're, I mean, they're not. I mean, they, Ancelotti's done a superb job, and, yep. and uh, he might just get them into Europe. And if he gets them into Europe, that's more than the owners and the fans could have possibly wanted or dreamt of. And um, and kudos to them. Um, he's an outstanding manager, and um, you know, nothing but respect for him. Okay, excellent, Giannis. All right, as we start to uh, look forward to this match, and I want to actually focus on two players. One will surprise you just a little bit on Fulham. Let's start here because Scott Parker talked a little bit about him in his presser today. I, I want to get your mm. thoughts, you know, about Kearney, okay? Because I think in some ways Fulham have really missed Tom Kearney. I'm curious your view on this because it's interesting when you look at Fulham and you're looking at that creative spark and say what you want about Tom Kearney. Tom Kearney does offer that spark. You know, again, is he – the quickest? No, of course not. But I want to say Tom Kearney does have the ability to, to give you that creative pass. So in your opinion, do you think Fulham have missed Tom Kearney? You know why? I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm, re- I'm really not sure. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt about his, his ability to distribute the ball. 
but I think since Kearney's injury, um, and he was playing, I mean, he was playing well. He was then, right before this others. happened. But I think we've evolved as a team. I think we're a slightly different team now. And um, I think the players that have been brought in, you know, they, I mean, Anguise has looked a little bit tired recently. Um, Lamina's been doing well. Harrison Reed has been absolute lights out. But we're evolving as a team. And um, it's going to sound odd, but then, I mean, what can we do? If the, if the lad is in, injured, the lad is injured, it'd be like Everton saying, yeah. well, we're going to miss Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, he's your best striker. But Ancelotti will say, well, if we don't have Kearney, we don't have, we don't have Calvert-Lewin, we just have to get on with it. Right. And, um, you know, whatever the, the injury is with, with Tom, it's obviously been, obviously been ongoing. I felt at the transfer deadline, we obviously needed more striker help. We didn't get it. That's another story for another day. Okay. And then for the midfield, um, if we knew, as Tony Carlin surely would have known, that we were missing a creative spark and that Kearney was out, you know, was there a possibility to get somebody on loan? Remembering that we now have a squad of 24. This and is out true. of that, we've got, we've got a sick note, Congolo. Um, so basically, it's 23. Um, could we have made an approach there when you see teams like West Brom, for example, you know, picking up players in the transfer window, and yet we, we just got, you know, Josh Madger. Um, I understand Kenny's thing, but I'm sure he's probably going, well, yeah, but he's just one player. We just, if we, if we don't have him, we, we might miss him, but we've got to make two because all teams have injuries. Right. Some have it worse than others. And um, we just have to get on with it. And, um, you know, we don't even know when he's going to be back. We don't even know if, he, if he's going to be back before the end of the season. It's a very, um, just a, uh... Not good situation for him, and I wish him only the best. And uh, I have a lot of positive thoughts when it comes to Tom Kearney because I think Tom Kearney overall has, uh, you know, again, he's captain, different type of captain, but he's still a captain. And uh, I wish him only the best, and I hope he does return. And uh, it's given opportunities to others. Giannis, you just brought up the situation in midfield, in central midfield, because uh, I think Ngisa hasn't been the player since we had the issue with COVID-19. I'm not saying that he has been affected. We don't know. We don't know the players that had it. We, we have a general idea, but we no one has come out and said it. But he has not been the same. And, um, you know, um, I'm hoping that we see a, a better Nguisa coming forward, moving forward, uh, you know, along with Lamina. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I think, has – been coming on. So I think we missed Kearney, but I think that there are other players there that can step up. So that's where I'm going on that. But let's go to the other side. Let's talk about, we already were mentioning this briefly. I think this is a significant loss. And I'm not saying that this is the difference of the match, but Calvert-Lewin is a massive loss for Everton. I've been listening to commentary on it, kind of downplaying a little bit. I'm sorry, Giannis, I can't downplay this loss. If Fulham had a loss on this magnitude, we'd be talking about it. This is significant losing Calvert-Lewin. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. It is because he's been playing lights out. He's gone from a player who was sort of peripheral at the start of the season to the England lineup. Then he had a little bit of a drought. He started scoring goals again. His movement has been, I think, he looks fitter. His fluidity has been a lot better off the ball. 
He's been playing very, very well. It is a bit, a bit it is a big loss for them, but I'm not going to discount the work of Richarlison. I think he's been playing yeah. very well. I think his, his, um, you know, one one of the things that I liked about Richarlison's game is that um, he, he looks to have a little bit more energy. He looks to pick to a little bit more pace, more of a willingness to drop back in the midfield and pick the ball up. He's 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 um, he's creating chances as well, and I think he's really beginning to look like the player that Everton had signed. Um, and unexpected. He's. Uh, I actually didn't doubt his ability. You could. You could see it. it was just a little bit too many histrionics and all about him. And and if you look at someone like, oh, let me see. Let's look at um, Haller that, that uh, left West Ham recently. Um, histrionics and and what have you can only take you so far before an organisation loses patience. And um, Richarlison has really stepped up the plate. He's a dangerous player. And uh, Calvert Lewin's a big loss for them. But I'm not going to. You know they've got other players that can burn us. Um, yep. the, the first game, Iwobi and, and Dina really did a number yep. on us, and we have to shut them down. And Richarlison, I'm sure, is going to pull. He's going to push forward a little bit. And Tosin and and Anderson are going to have to keep an eye on his runs um, because I think in the midfield, I think we've got, I think we we, we can give them a real going, and um, the back four is decent. Um, if Hammers comes in, he, he creates a little spark and quality. So. You know we're going to be under cost the cost for large portions of the game, but um, Ancelotti will regard it as a loss with Calvert Lewin. But he's got other he's sort of got other players that can fill in, and he might slightly adjust the formation to account for that. But Richarlison also worries me, so it's nice that Calvert Lewin isn't playing, but um, we're going to have to keep an eye on him. Okay, coming up next, we're going to talk about the players that we should be concerned about on Everton. We're going to break down the match. And Giannis and I, at the very end, will share our predictions for this upcoming match on Sunday. Okay, Giannis, we already talked about some players. So, again, you're Scott Parker. Who are you trying to really just take out of this match to really limit their effectiveness? Because, again, like you said, they have some really talented players with Charleston. You already mentioned James Rodriguez. But you're Scott Parker. What's the type of uh, game plan. Again, we'll we'll get into more of that in just a second, but what players would you be concerned at? You said, listen, we need to limit these players. Well, uh, it will be at a very good game against us at the Cottage, so I believe Joe, uh, Joe Bryan was playing at left-back for that game, so we're, we're going to have Robinson, and I think that Robinson, uh, he's not been in his best form since return from suspension, but I think he's more than capable of, of uh, keeping an eye on him. We're going to have to have good cover uh, in terms of Dina. Um, I mean, to the extent where Dekodovery may have to play as a wing back. I just, I think Dina's their best player. I really do. I think he's just so consistent um, in, in terms. Of, I mean, the first touch is excellent. Uh, work rate up and down the wings. He's a good passer of the ball. He's a very good tackler. Good communicator. Um, and he's and he's he's captain for many reasons. Um, the other point is um, Sigurdsson. And Gilfie Sigurdsson's consistent as this can be, but Harrison Reed is playing as well as he's ever played for this yeah, club. Yeah, absolutely. And Harrison, I'm not someone going to go back to the old days of the 80s where he's going to clock him in the first 10 minutes, get a yellow card, <laughs> and, you know, a la Vinnie Jones and shut him up for the next 80. But he will, Sigurdsson will find out very quickly that uh, Reed will be on his case. Um, and Andres Gomez is going to be one we're going to keep an eye out for if he, if he starts. Yep. They've, that's the thing. They've got creativity in the middle of the park and up front, but I do think width is where they could cause us this, this pro- those problems. So if we can yep. keep an eye on, 
Iwobi one-on-one -on -one with Robinson and double coverage for Dini on the left. I think we're going to be, I think we should be okay. Counter-attacking, uh, we showed last, last week against the Spammers that we can cause lots of problems. And, yep. you know, going back to the Tom Kearney thing, Russ, it's yep. not like last week we didn't have enough chances to bury them. We should have buried them. And that's going to Absolutely. be the key. Can we put one of them away? It's being and, clinical. And, and be clinical and and just I don't know, I still don't know I still don't know how we didn't beat them last week. I was it's crazy, Giannis, because I think we keep saying this as you started the show. The good performances are nice, but at some point you need all three points if Fulham want, want to survive in the uh, Premier League stay up, and we, we all want that. It feels like they're this close, but how many matches have I said they're this close? At some point you need to close that gap score the goals, and win the match. And uh, all matches, you know, again, they have to go in with the attitude that they can win. I know the history at Goodison Park. I, I understand it. But records were meant to be broken, my friend. So, again, they should have confidence that they can hurt this team. But before we look at it from a phone perspective, what I like doing on the show, what's great about the show is we can also look at it from an Everton perspective. So I'm going to put you in the shoes of Carlo Ancelotti. What would be your strategy to beat Fulham? I would probably say go on the front foot from the start and see if you can unsettle our, our defensive shape and, and see if you can get an early goal. Because one of the things I've loved about the last 12, 13 games is our discipline on the whole has been very good. Thinking about the games where we got dominated, I mean, in that stretch, Leicester you know, had injuries didn't have Vardy, but they were the better side. We looked at the college, they, we looked a bit flat. But our performances away from home have been better than they have at home for some reason. Maybe it's the yellow, I don't know. Um, looking like giant lemons running around the field. But we do play well away from home. So um, knowing that we need the win, Angelotti will probably say, okay, just go, let's go at the buggers. Let's go ahead and see if we can score a goal. Because if we score a goal early, they're going to have a problem. They have to come back into it. Right. Um, the longer we leave it at nil-nil, uh, we give a nil nil the better chance we might be able to nick something, and I'd, it would be nice to say that we could that we could impose ourselves on Everton. Right. But the reality is they've got too much talent, so we have to find a way to be cagey, be coy, and try and capitalise on chances. And the next time Cav miss, misses these ten yard, <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of um, there's a video that was doing the rounds about a Galatasaray fan who there was something wrong with the TV and he started smashing it. And honestly, I came so close to that. It's like, how many bloody chances do you need to 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 to, to, to bury it? The good news, Russ, is that yep. we're up against Pickford. And yes, Pickford, we haven't mentioned him. Yep. Yeah, and Pickford for me is not England number one. I think it should be Pope because the Pope saves. And number two, Pickford has the dropsies. And I think if we can put pressure on him, we might be able to get some. They've got a big back four, and we're terrible at set pieces. But... Shots from distance, who knows? And if you don't okay. shoot, shoot, you don't score. If you don't score, you don't win. I, I think Pickford's having an up-and-down season, so he's there to okay. be taken. Okay. Giannis, let's do the flip on this. I'm going to put you in the shoes of uh, Scott Parker. We're going to really break this down because I want to talk about formation after this along with starting 11 because, again, I'm curious if you were him, what formation you would go with before that. What would be your strategy to getting all three points? Because, again, a point, we would all say at a different part of the season, a point's fine. 
points not good enough. They need they need to go for victories. They need to go for the win. So I'm just asking you, if you're him, what would you do? What would be your strategy to beat this team? I think we have to play two up front. Uh, and that's the first thing. I think we need to open it up okay. the playbook a little bit. I think we and you're absolutely right. We've got, you know, two wins and nine draws, which is you have to start going for it. You you, you can't play passive and just wait for a team to make a mistake, Giannis. I like the fact that we can beat teams on the counter, but at some point you have to take the initiative and you have to go for the victory. And yeah, uh, and I think they need to change the mentality a little bit. And this is gonna be tough because I know how Scott Parker's mentality, well, how it seems to be that he's a little bit conservative. And he likes to control the matches. But at some point, I think it's okay to say, you know what? We need to change things up. We need to take it to the same. Now, this team, like you said, is a very good side. So you're him. You you just said you would put two up, up front. Yeah, I would. And the, the question mark is going to be then who he puts up front. Um, I mean, Scotty Parker was, you know, was revered as a player, you know, various London clubs, England International. But he was always a conservative player. Right. You know I mean, he, and we're seeing he, that. Right. And we're seeing that. So the question then becomes, who do you put up front? Um, we saw Marja for, for whatever limited time. Ten minutes. Yeah. And, you know, he went from Sunderland, scored goals. For, well, that's League One. You know, went to France, done okay. But this is a quite a step up. Uh, what do we, you know, is he, does he start up front? Um, do you put Dekadova Reed up front? But then I'd be worried about Dina's runs. Yep. I've got a horrible feeling he's going to put Cavs up front again. Um, he could. He could put Cavs and Mitra up front, which doesn't give us that much pace. What we really – I'm hoping this week, Scotty did a real number in terms of working on the crosses because we can moan at Mitra. Um, the service hasn't been good enough, Brady. It's not been Brady. No Brady. Close I, I can't believe I just called you Brady. Giannis. <laughs> and it's and for those of you that don't know, no, it's it's um but hey, much like Tom Brady, it's all yep. about delivery. Yes. So it's um <laughs> Robin, Robinson makes these fantastic runs, but never seems to be able to like the old Ryan Sess knock it back yep. or get the crosses in. Um and Tete seems to slow down on the quality of his crosses. We need good crosses to test them because they've got I mean Players like Mina, I mean, Yermini is, I mean, even that's a challenge for Mitras, but it's gonna, they're going to have to be accurate, accurate balls in the box. Okay. Um, this is going to be a big thing and trying to anticipate or work on set pieces. I need to see a bit more work from Lookman. I think he's, okay. lost, uh, he's been in and out a little bit. Um, and, and I'm not going to have a go at any of the players. I think, I think players are tired right now. The Christmas schedule was brutal. The fields are heavy. The, the weather's been awful. Uh, you got the pandemic restrictions that can take a toll on on, on everybody. Yep. Um, but back to the original premise: two strikers up front. Let's open up the book. Let's because we've got Burnley on Wednesday. We do. So let's see how it goes and um, and see if we can have a crack at them. And um, I don't think they're the best back four in the world. And Pickford, as I said, he's got the dropsies. But um, I don't. I don't think we can play conservative. Not anymore. Okay. That's going to lead me to ask you the starting level, what you would do, and then also formation-wise, because it's interesting. Fulham changed the formation against West Ham, but would they revert back to three at the back against an Everton side? What would you do, Giannis? Give me your starting 11 in the formation you would use. I think I'd play a 4-4-2. 
Um, okay, so you're you're going all four four two. I'm going four four two. I, I think we, I think Teddy starts at right, Robbo left, uh, Tosin and Anderson in the middle. Obviously, Ariola, um, Ariola, and I, I, I smile when I say Ariola because I was in a local supermarket uh, on Tuesday and uh, I was wearing a, my Fulham face mask. <laughs> And I was getting some chicken chicken tenders for my wife, and uh, the guy says, "Oh, Fulham supporter, do you, do you like areola?" <laughs> it's random. I remember I'm the way I'm living. Yeah, super keeper. He said, "Oh, love him. My favourite keeper. Oh, brilliant. That's, how odd is that one?" Yeah. Um, and Ariola's been super. A couple <laughs> of mistakes, but he's been super. Midfield. Oh, yeah. um, oh God, this is going to be a oh dear. I think. Um, I, I, Reed, Reed has to be kept in there. Okay. I would be, uh, I'd, I would play uh, Loftus Cheek in front, and probably Lamina. Um, so there's the three. Um, you can see it could morph into a four-three-three as well. I think. Yeah. I think that Mitra has to be in there. De Cordova, Reed, I'd put it on the right, and Lookman to the left. So we could we could have could a four-three-three. Four-three-three. I just I think Lookman is going to take a, a you know careful look at Dekodova Reed don't ever remove him from the lineup please don't it can't be done because he's just his work rate is excellent and we're just going to have to keep it very tight we've had a, the good news is we were we were knocked out of the FA Cup yep um we've had a week or you know week or so to work on the formation. and they're coming off of the FA Cup yeah and that was a disappointing that was a disappointing result against Bournemouth and um their league results haven't been stellar recently and uh, Oh, no, I'm thinking of Burnley, aren't I? So yeah, they, you... yeah, they, yes, the game, yes, yeah, the, the extra time game, and um, I'm wondering if he might use it as an opportunity to make some rotation because it was a very difficult game, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I would certainly you've got to play more attacking and more open. Um, I think at some point you just have to, you know, again these situations of of just trying to potentially nick a point or nick a victory. I think those yeah. days are have to be gone. I think if you truly are in it to get out of the situation that you're in and stay in this division, I think you're going to have to go for it. And I think he's going to have to basically change his ways a little bit and be, I hate to say it, be a little bit more brave. And And again, he's just conservative. It's not that he's not brave. It's just that I don't know if it's truly in his DNA Giannis to really go for it, but I think at some point, I think you need to, you know, to stay in the division. I think that they can compete. They've proven that. They they can compete with pretty much every team in this league, except I'll say Manchester City, but you could say that they hung with them in the second half. But beyond that, they can compete, but competing's not good enough. It's just not good enough at this point. It needs to be Better, it we need to start winning, and I think uh, there needs to be a, a change of mentality a little bit. And I think it needs to start it with Scott Parker. And, and again, I think Scott Parker's done a very good job. This is not me going at Scott Parker, Giannis. I think uh, he just needs to look at the situation at hand. So, you know what, we just need to adjust it a little bit. We have the players to do it, we just need to be more forward thinking. That's all, that's all I'm saying. For Scott Park, I'm not saying to change his DNA completely. He could still have his uh, defensive backdrop to Fulham, but I think you just need to be more aggressive, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Okay. All right, my friend. Time to end the show. 
Before we do, though, we have to give our predictions. All right, Giannis. <sighs> it's interesting because when you look at this, you know, it's funny. I was listening to the Fulmish podcast. I'll give them props again. They had on an Everton fan, and he predicted 2-0. And I get it because that's something that uh, a rival supporter is going to do. They just look at Fulham as, as Fulham, and they think, okay, we should beat this team 2-0. It makes sense. If I was an Everton fan, I'd probably be doing the same thing. But I've watched enough of Fulham. So I have a different thought on the match and a different prediction. But I'll go to you first. I think we're going to win this. Really? <laughs> yes, I do. I, we're over, listen, we're overdue. We're overdue. Everybody li- likes the way we play. Everybody likes, you know, our defensively our shape, what we've done since the first three, four games, the new players have come in. Um, but, you know, I, I, and I'm going to tell you why I think this is a little twist here. I'm going to say we're going to win one nothing. There's something that came up on Twitter this week. I'm sure you've seen it, Russ. Yep. Um, there's been a lot of coverage of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> the wrestling, okay, and, and but but this can be a good thing because Scotty could turn around to the players and go, well, you know what, um, we're doing our thing and we're doing our best and blah 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 and sometimes on, but uh, you know what, do we get the respect we deserve and not necessarily from the opponents that we have, but the those who are closer to our mirror, and they and you see where I'm going with this. So this can be an extra spur where you can say, well, okay, everybody but the dog is expecting us to go to Goodison Park and lose. Right. Our record is horrendous wouldn't it be great to go and shut some people up and then oh, go to Burnley because we're right back in it and I think um, there was enough guts and guile and fight from the game against the spammers to tell me there's lots of life in the old dogs left and we do play better away from home I believe than we, we do at home. we do so, I, I totally agree with that Giannis and I'm going to predict a one nothing win and wow. I'm going to predict that Dacre Dover Reed is going to score the winner wow and it's funny that you mention this because while you're saying this, and they're not the same player. Let me just stress this. They're not the same player. But I really enjoyed and have an appreciation for Chris Baird. Yeah. Bobby Decadover-Reed isn't Bairdino. They're different types of players. But it's that mentality. It's that never-give-up attitude, giving it everything that you have. Bobby Decadover-Reed does that. So did Chris Baird. It's a player that you need. You don't need the best player at each position. You don't need, like we would say here, an all-star team. You need the right players. He's one of the right players. You need someone that's going to give you 100% wherever you put him at. So I understand your thoughts on Bobby Decadover-Reed. But going into this match, it's it's funny because, again, it all adds up. Everyone's going to say, you know what, it's Everton. Fulham do terrible at Goodison Park. As I said earlier, Giannis, records were meant to be broken. And as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, should I hedge my bets and go for a draw, Giannis? You know, you know listen, it, it's, a, it's a safe way to play this. It's a safe way to play this. But you know what? They need the victory. I'm already advocating they need to go for the victory. So who am I to just predict 1-1. I'm going to predict 2-1 to Fulham. Records were meant to be broken. I'm going 2-1 to Fulham. I think that that West Ham match, you know, again, when you look at it, you, you, you need to analyze that and look at it and say, this is what we did wrong. If we do 
this a little bit better, if we're more clinical, these draws become victories. It's really that close. It's that fine margins. I'm yeah, going and, two to one to fall. I like that. And you know what, Russell? Let's not forget this will be the first time since 1959 that we've gone to Goodison Park when there are no fans. You know, I mean, it. it, 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 it Let's it, be honest. I mean, that's a big deal. The fact that there are deal. no supporters there, it's a big deal. You know, we've been talking about during the season. It's difficult when you look at these matches and you, and you think, okay, you're going on the road, but there are no supporters there. It's just your side against the other side. Whoever plays better wins the match. And that, to me, again, makes this, I want to say, even harder for a team like Everton, who probably are thinking, okay, you know, we're, we're, you know, we can dominate this team at home, but you don't have that advantage. They have a very good side. They have a very good coach. Fulham should go into Goodison Park with no fear. Forget about the history. History means nothing to this team and that team. It means nothing. History is thrown out the window. No supporters there. It's the Fulham players against the Everton players. Parker versus Ancelotti. Go for it. Two to one to Fulham. Love it. Coming you wide. Okay. Well, Pump. Giannis, Let's thank you so much for, for doing this <laughs> thank episode. Thank you, Ralph. Always a pleasure, matey. It's, it, listen, it's been fun. I, I want to mention this one more time. We did hope to get Richard Buxton on with us from Quick Liverpool. Richard was a great guest the first time around, and, and hopefully we can get him back to uh, talk about Liverpool because he covers Liverpool and Everton. But our connection, he couldn't hear us, and uh, he, he said he, he thought it had something to do with his mic. We really couldn't hear him. He couldn't hear us. So, Richard, thank you so much for the effort, uh, and we'll get you back on Cottage Talk soon. But, Giannis, let's wrap this up. Let's, on a good note, we're both predicting an upset form victory. For Giannis, Janais, I'm Russ Gohm. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.